0: Praise the Lord, everybody. I love the feeling that I feel when I get together with God's wonderful people. Amen. There's an energy here tonight, and the presence of God is already moving here, and I'm excited for what he wants to do. And we're so glad that you're here with us. If it's your first time visiting, just outside these doors to the right, we have a welcome center. We'd like you to stop there. I hear there's a small gift involved. If you'll just peek in there and talk to somebody. If you're joining us online, we have a bit.ly link. We would love to connect with you and get to know you watching services with us. We also have many ways that you can give. Thank you for supporting the kingdom. Without you, this would not be. So thank you for your support. There are many ways that you can give. You can see them on the screen. You can give online. You can give it in person, just outside the doors. We have offering boxes posted. You can send me a note and send a check in the mail. I like to see those. Or you can give online and be current with 2024 and use the Church Center app. If you have questions about that, you can see Pastor Phil, and he will help you. This Sunday, coming up in the evening, we have men's services at 6 p.m. right here at the church. So come meet, have service, hear from your brothers. And then spend some time together in fellowship afterwards. So all of our men are invited to come and join in on that. And then looking ahead to March 3rd, can you believe we're almost to March? I mean, we're kind of barely in February, but it goes fast, so don't blink. But thank God for the extra daylight. The evenings are so much nicer, aren't they? Thank you, Jesus. But coming up March 3rd is Baby Dedication Sunday. Uh, which will take place after our 10 a.m. classes. Uh, So if you have a child that you want to get dedicated, a baby, sometimes it's children uh, that are older than babies, and we do dedicate them as well. If you're interested in that, you can scan the QR code on the screen, or there's a flyer posted on the doors. You can check that out too, or you can see one of us, and we will help you because we would love to help you get your child dedicated. And at this time, I'm going to ask my beautiful older sister to come and share something with you tonight.
1: I won't tell you why she makes that very clear, but (laughs) um, how many of you guys feel like you have a great marriage? Maybe don't answer that. So, (laughs) good job, honey. All right. So, how many of you guys have a perfect marriage? You're lying. So, We can't have a perfect marriage. So we do have a marriage retreat coming up for those of us who have told the truth and do not have a perfect marriage. Um, So the marriage retreat will be held at Restoration Church in Waterloo. Um, The cost for CGC couples is $150. So Calvary is going to cover $100 of that. $250 is the total. And then this also includes your meals for Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Um, with the exception of breakfast. So Friday will be a light meal, Saturday will be a lunch and a light dinner, and then Sunday will be um, a lunch. There will be child care. I know there's been some confusion on the website, so you click if you want child care, and then it tells you nothing. So there will be a charge, and the Giwas are supposed to be reaching out to those who wanted child care, so that is an additional cost. Um, we are bringing in students from Urshan to cover the child care. So that's exciting. Um, and then the bonus session on Sunday, pastor is encouraging and supportive of any of the couples that are registered to attend this bonus session. And it will be held at Restoration Church, not here on Sunday morning. Um, schedule, it's 5.30 p.m. registration on Friday. And then it ends at about 8.30 will be the light dinner and then dismissal. And then Saturday will be 10, starting and um, dinner at 6. And Sunday will be 10 to 2. Um, there will be snacks and refreshments provided in between. So hopefully that kind of covers everything for you. If you have questions, I can't tell you more than what I told you tonight, but I can clarify something on here. If you have further questions, just reach out to the giwas.com. Um, And now we're going to go into prayer. Um, Does anybody have any needs in here? If you do, um, raise your hand and let's look around us and gather around those that have a need. Um, And then while we're doing that, we're also going to lift up um, Michael Jordan. He has been in the hospital. This is his third one, and he's on his third week in. Um, So we're going to lift him up in prayer. And then Kate has not been feeling well, so we want to pray for her And then Sister Elaine Grant uh, recently had foot surgery, so we're going to pray for her recovery. So if we could stand together and pray together. Um, So praying for your neighbor and these three needs and then service tonight. God, we thank you that we are here tonight. We thank you that we can gather in your presence. God, we thank you that we can bring our needs to you and you hear them and you you fulfill what is in your will for us. God, we lift up uh, Mike Jordan and I pray, God, you would just touch his body, give him an, uh, increased strength. I pray you would just touch his mind and give him an uplifting and an encouragement in Jesus' name. And God, we pray for Kate. I pray that you would just touch her, touch her mind and I pray you would just touch her head and take away this migraine. And God, help her to feel better in Jesus' name. And for Sister Elaine Grant, I pray, God, that she would have a quick recovery and that she would be up and and moving around with no difficulty. And God, I pray for this service tonight. I pray that your hand would be upon us. I pray, God, for your anointing to rest as your word is brought forth. And God, I pray that our hearts and our minds would be open to hear what is said. And God, not only to hear what is said, but to leave this place, to apply it to our lives. And God, to spread your word, to share your word to those that are around us in Jesus name
2: Because of who you are, I give you praise. And the battle is over. Jesus, in your name we rise and the glory is yours. The glory is yours. Hallelujah, Jesus, worthy of all praise. The of angels watch and wonder. On that day when time is over, every heart proclaim, every heart at last proclaim, worthy of your name. Oh God, the glory is yours. The kingdom is coming, the battle is over. Jesus, in your name we rise. The glory is yours. The glory is yours. Oh God, the glory is yours. The kingdom is come and the battle is over. Jesus, in your name we rise. The glory is yours. The glory is yours. man in this to community has never been Nobody besides you, there has never been anyone anything like you Nobody besides you, there has never been anyone anything like you Nobody besides you, there has never been anyone anything like you Oh God, the glory is yours, the kingdom is come and the battle is over Jesus, in your name we rise. The glory is yours. The glory is yours. Oh God, the glory is yours. The kingdom is come and the battle is over. Jesus, in your name we rise. The glory is yours. The glory is yours.
3: You could be seated tonight. Last year, 2023, we embarked on something a little bit different. We tried a family-focused series every month, quarter, so on. And this year, and the goal then was to, to really equip and empower and challenge and, and give people opportunities, families, right? But I, I think if we're honest, whether you're a parent or a kid or whatever, or you're single or you're empty nesters, God was speaking to us all, right? We're all part of a family, whether it's this family or another family, we're part of a family. And so this year, we're going to have our family focus as well. Family focus services one Wednesday night a month. It's typically the first Wednesday night, but some will switch. You'll, when you see me up here on Wednesdays, you know it's family focus night. But this year, we want to we kind of attach ourselves to the pastoral series that's going on. The pastor has the pastoral team speaking, right? And so this, this first one, how many people know what series we're going through right now? What? What did you say, sister? Opportunity knocks. Yes. So tonight we're going to talk about opportunities. We ran out of space on that slide, so we had to cram it in there. Before we start, though, and because the preaching portion has officially started... All the announcements I'm about to give you didn't count towards the other announcements, okay? Um, (laughs) Marriage weekend, awesome. Baby dedication, awesome. Men's service on February 11th. That's a Sunday night. These are all family events, right, family ministry events. Uh, February 11th, make sure to hit that. One thing I want to note, I don't have my phone up here with me, but how many people are using the Church Center app? You've signed up for some groups, maybe some connection groups. There's a connection group called Family Sharing and Family sharing group, right? If you are, this is really geared towards like people with kids, right? That's where we're at. Uh, men and women, marriages with kids. We're gonna try this year to use that. I'm not the most tech savvy, but I'm learning with that app, and so we're gonna try to use that for some of these events. You'll see those on there. So go look for family sharing, sign up for it. I have to approve you, and then you come in. But I haven't disapproved anybody yet. Um, thought long and hard about a couple people, but they got in. Um. And we're going to do something else that's new this year. We're going to do something. You got that slide ready, sister? We're going to do something called CGC or Calvary Gospel Date Night. Okay? There's going to be three nights this year. Only three. If it goes well, maybe we'll move it on. So, all you married couples, okay? Or maybe you're single and you want to get out. That's fine. But you've got to have your kids, right? If you don't have kids. You, three nights out of the year, you can bring your children to church, and there will be couples. So, for example, the first date night will be my wife and I and Brittany and Kirby. Kirby, I don't know if you know, but you got volunteered for that. You do. You do now. Very good. My wife and I and Brittany and Kirby, and so we'll use the app, and if we get a lot of people sign up, maybe we'll have somebody else. But March 23rd, put it in your phones, put it in your calendars. You just show up. We'll feed them dinner. We'll play with them. It'll be open from 4.30 to 8.30, right? If you leave them here past 8.30, we take them to the pound. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. We'd call you and annoy you until you come get them. But that time, so if there's, hey, I want to drop them off at 6 and maybe we can work something out. But So that's March 23rd, May 11th, May 11th, you're writing this down, right? And September 14th. Now, the goal is not that my wife and I and Brittany and Kirby are doing every one of these. This is The goal of this is also not that uh, we're hiring people to do this and we all got to spend money on it. The goal is that we as a family, a church family are supporting each other. And so if you are a couple, I want it to be couples and you have children and you want to volunteer, reach out to me, text, email, app, just find me whatever, say hey, I'd like to sign up for one of those. We're looking for two to three couples to do most of these. If we have not a lot of people sign up for like the kids and dropping their kids off, we might only need two couples. But we'll make sure they're fed. Uh, and that they have a good time here at the church. So March 23rd, May 11th, September 14th. How many people think that sounds like fun? Yeah, okay, that's fine. Come come to date night, or don't. It's up to you. But I do know this. Everybody complains about, oh, I never got time to date my wife. Well, I'm going to give you three. Three this year, okay? Maybe next year we can get four or six, okay? We're going to start with three, okay? Okay, so opportunities. Opportunities. We pray to God, give me opportunities. But, but really, opportunities are everywhere, right? Maybe the better phrasing would be, God, help me to notice opportunities. Maybe the better phrasing would be, God, help me to make room for the opportunities that are there that I'm now noticing. And so tonight we're going to do something a little bit different. We're going to read some scriptures. That's not different. And I'm going to give all of you an opportunity... To feed yourself and each other, spiritually. Adults, kids, couples, single people, children, who's looking at me? Can I see your hands? If you're under the age of 12, let me see, let me see. Okay, do you know how to listen? Has your parents ever read you a Bible story? Okay, we're going to read some Bible stories tonight, and then I'm going to ask some questions. And we're going to see what everybody comes up with. And if the kid has an answer to, that's, that's great. Maybe everybody won't get a chance to talk just so we're prepared mentally, right? Um, so who's ready for some participation? Awesome. So tonight we're going to focus on three opportunities I think that are very important for us. If I think, and, and Pastor Roy's going through, you know, opportunity knocks, there's opportunities out there. In my life I think, what are the three things I really think are important? I want an opportunity to hear God's voice. I want an opportunity to serve God and i want an opportunity to love others. Right? Those are three good ones. I'm sure we could name 12, but let's just for the sake of tonight and not wanting to keep you till midnight, we're going to say those three. Okay, so we are going to start with 1 Samuel chapter 3. And I'm going to read this, and I want you to find yourself in the story. Okay? You're going to ask I'm going to ask you some questions when we're done. You're not all going to answer like i said, but this is God's word, and what I'm teaching you a little bit is how to read God's word and pull something out of it for your life. Okay? Can, can we do this? 1 Samuel chapter 3, verse 1. I'm going to read it at a normal pace. Children, you listening? This is a good story. Okay? Okay, here we go. 1 Samuel chapter 3, verse 1. Now the boy Samuel, Samuel, was attending to the service of the Lord under the supervision of Eli. The word of the Lord was rare and precious in those days. Visions, that is new revelations of divine truth, were not widespread. Yet it happened at that time as Eli was lying down in his own place. Now remember, children, Samuel was a little boy. He was a little boy, okay? Just a little guy. He was probably fidgeting in bed, right? As, but Eli was lying down in his own place. Because his eyesight had begun to grow dim and he couldn't see very well. And the oil lamp of God had not yet gone out. And Samuel was lying down in the temple of the Lord where the ark of God was. Then the Lord called Samuel and he said, and he answered, here I am. He ran to Eli and said, here I am. You called me. But Eli said, I didn't call you. Lie down. Get back to bed. I'm trying to sleep here. The oil lamp's almost out. My goodness, why did she drop this little boy off? Wait, no, that's not in the verse. Okay, sorry. So he went and laid down, and then the Lord God called again. Samuel. So Samuel got up. Children, would you go to Eli? You'd go to Eli too, right? you go to your mom and dad? Go to the person that's helping your grandpa, right? He runs to Eli and he says, Here I am, for you called me. But Eli said, I did not call, my son. Lie down again. Now Samuel did not yet know. Samuel, the little boy, didn't yet know or personally experience the Lord. And the word of the Lord was not yet revealed directly to him. So the Lord called Samuel a third time. Samuel. And he stood and he went to Eli and he said, here I am. You did call me. Then Eli understood that it was the Lord who was calling the boy. So Eli said to Samuel, "'Go lie down, and it shall be that if he calls you, you shall say, "'Speak, Lord, for your servant is listening.'" So Samuel went and lay down in his place, and then the Lord came and stood and called as the previous times, "'Samuel, Samuel.'" Then Samuel answered, "'Speak, for your servant is listening.'" The Lord said to Samuel, "'Behold, I am about to do a thing in Israel.'" at which both ears of everyone hears who hears it will ring. Great story, right? Great story. I've asked Eric to help me tonight. Uh, uh, this says uh, something on it. So good luck figuring it out. <laughs> so this is a question I ask my family after we read a story from the Bible. What do you remember from the story? I'm not looking for you to try to do some you know, exegesis and hermeneutics and all that don't try to give me a bible study just what do you remember random things shout it out what do you remember i told you you have to participate hold on we'll get to that part in a minute what do you say? what do you remember just say something god, god, called god called samuel that's see if you left the story and remembered that that's a good thing to remember what does everybody else remember what do you remember two times okay all right what do you what does everybody else remember Come on, adults, don't let the kids embarrass you like that. Malachi, what do you remember? What? He got Oh, he got up two times. That's right. We're counting now. This is good. Adults, What do you remember from the story? Brother Kerry. God wasn't mad at him. Oh, that's good. I didn't have that in my notes. I like that. What else? What do you? What do you remember? Just something from the story. Sophie. Samuel was sleeping in the house of God near the Ark of the Covenant. Yeah, well, I mean, that's a fair point. He was right next to the Ark. There's probably a lesson in that, too. Okay, come on, other adults. Eric, what do you got? It took Eli till the third time to figure it out. It took the adult, the supervised one, to figure it out. Yeah, what do we got here? Rowan, what do you remember from the story? What do you remember hearing? God spoke. You heard God speak, Samuel, right? Yep, exactly. What else? Adults. What does people remember? Okay, let's change this question. What was the opportunity in this story? What was the opportunity? Sister Jeanette. What was that? To hear God's voice, and you said something else. And hear what he had to say. That's... That's the opportunity. So let's just take a break here. Okay, this is where things get interesting for me. We like to read God's Word as a story, which it is, and it's a really cool one, right? This one is about adults who don't listen. That's what I heard, right? (laughs) Right? So, but what's interesting is when you then read the story through the light of what you're going through, You pick up different things. We're reading this story through the light of the opportunity series. And so I ask you, what was the opportunity? The opportunity was to hear God's voice. What was Samuel doing when he heard God's voice? Not yet. What was he doing? What do you think? In the back. He was laying down. I I mean, I got a little boy. I don't think he was trying to sleep. But, yeah, you're right. He was supposed to be trying to sleep. Yeah. But hold on. What? Let's word that a different. What was he doing? Come on, adults. Not, okay, kids, you've got to keep your hands down. We're going to make these adults talk tonight. i got four of these stories. We're gonna be here all night. Oh, that's not. What? Somebody said something. Yes, ma'am. What was he doing? He said, speak, Lord. That's good. He responded. What was he doing when he first heard God say his name? What? He was, he was listening. He was just sitting in a quiet place by himself without his iPad. Right? And so here's the question we have to ask ourselves once again. Let's look at through the lives of today and through the lives of this series. We don't live in a tent, most of us. We don't live in a tabernacle or next to the Ark of the Covenant. There's not a priest with us, an official guy with the, like, stones hanging from his chest, right? And so if we don't do any of that, how does this apply to us? What's the opportunity for us? What's the lesson we learn in this story? I've told you guys this before. I can be, I can be quiet. We're we'll going to go, Sister Kraski, what's the, oppor- what, what's the lesson for us? We should respond to any calls. What were you thinking, Roman? Same thing. So you're. what, you, what about you? Yeah. Oh, you got to say that.
0: We have to be quiet and rest in God sometimes.
3: We got to be quiet. And what were you thinking? Same thing. Eric, what would you have over there? have to take a break every now and then. As important as it is to do service for God, every once in a while, we need to take time to just right. be quiet. And so the lessons we learn is that we hear God's voice when we're listening for God's voice. We hear God's voice when we're taking time to be alone and reflect and be still. Elijah heard it as a still small voice. Psalms 46.10 says, be still and know that I am God. It says, wait on the Lord. But some other lessons we learn here, and I I guess if we would have kept more time, you all would have got there. But sometimes it takes some time to learn it's God's voice. That's okay. It might take you a few times, right? Sometimes it takes help from someone else to learn God's voice. Ask for help. Some, Samuel was submitted. Samuel was submitted to somebody that didn't know what he was doing three times or twice, right? It took his leader three times to recognize it, but he submitted to his leader. Samuel, here's another one, was dwelling in the house of the Lord. That was his, where he was. Now, he didn't have a choice. He was a kid. But you're seeing how this applies to us. And I think another lesson that I thought of when I read this is that hearing from God, it always has to be, there's always a first time, right? A lot of time we're thinking, well, oh, only somebody who hears from God that hears from him all the time. Well, there was, was a first time for everything. And it's okay for it to be your first time. And I think the, and another thing is right at the beginning it says he was attending to the service of the Lord. He, he heard God's voice while he was working for God. And so if we're looking for opportunities to hear God's voice, we need to be still and quiet. Find time to be alone. Find time to listen to his voice. Find time to serve him. See how this makes sense? Right? Opportunities to hear God's voice. Let's go to the next one. Luke, chapter 10, for thir- verse 38. Talk about another opportunity to hear God's voice. See, I'm cheating. I'm giving you a little hint there. Now, while they were on their way, Jesus entered a village called Bethany. Kids, you got this story? Are you with me? Bethany's just the name of a city. You don't got to remember that. That's not important. But Jesus went into Bethany, and a woman named Martha welcomed him into her home. She had cookies. and No, that's a different Martha. Sorry. Uh uh-huh, My bad. A woman named Martha welcomed him into her home, and this Martha had a sister named Mary who seated herself at at the Lord's feet and was continually listening to his teaching. But Martha was very busy and distracted with all of her serving responsibilities, and she approached him and said, Lord, is it of no concern to you that my sister has left me to do the serving alone? Tell her to help me and do her part. But the Lord replied to her, Martha, Martha, you are worried and bothered and anxious about so many things, but only one thing is necessary for Mary has chosen the good part, that which is to her advantage, which will not be taken away from her. Okay. What do you remember from the story? Mila, what do you remember? Mary listened to Jesus. Okay. Come on, adults. I'm not going to let all these kids answer these questions. I can make it awkward. (laughs) Brother Dan, what do you remember? What's something you remember? That's awesome. Martha shared her honesty with God. Mm, That's a good lesson. What do you remember? Just random things from the story. Hold on, hold on. What did you say? Martha is anxious and frustrated. Yes, who said something back here? Communication with God has priority over service. That's what God is teaching us, right? Okay, well, let's... So where's the opportunity here? Sister Jeanette? To spend time with Jesus. I'm cheating a little bit, right? It's to hear his voice, to listen to what he's saying. Because she was sitting at his feet listening to him, right? So what was the condition, kids? What was Mary doing... Yes. What was Mary doing in the story? No, Martha was working. What was Mary doing? She was sitting at Jesus' feet. That's so true. What? There's some laughs going on over here. Who's doing this? Jerry, are you the instigator? Oh, you want to start answering all the questions? Okay. You can't make her laugh. You've got to sit on the other side if you're going to do that. Okay? Okay, what would you say? Nothing that's a fair point. What do you want to say? Mary was listening. Mary was doing nothing. Wow, that sounds an awful lot like somebody else we just read about. Samuel oh man, Samuel, not elijah yes what what do you? Martha wouldn't have had the problem if she had put God first. And so the opportunity here in this story is to hear God's voice, right? And the condition to hearing God's voice was to put God first and sit with him. Right? We like to say, oh, I want to hear God's voice. 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 Very rarely do we say, I want to hear God's voice. Very rarely do we sit at the feet of Jesus, right? And so we have to ask ourselves, here we go again, right? Through the lens of our lives today. We don't live in a house that's made of mud in Bethany. We don't have a real physical man named Jesus showing up for dinner. And so how does this story apply to you? Adults, how does this story apply to you? Yes, ma'am. Don't be so busy with the business of church that you forget why you come come to church. Oh, that's good. That's good. See, I don't even need to preach. I can just have you y'all's preach. Yes, sir don't be i like that brother dan brother ted don't be afraid to be honest look at how we can find ourselves in these stories we sit there sometimes and say but my i'm i've just got too much going on i'm busy i'm anxious i'm frustrated is that what we talked about right anxious and frustrated it's like well god doesn't want to hear about that yeah he does we should be honest with god and we can find ourselves in that story sister jeanette were you putting your hand up Which one? He who hungers and thirsts for righteousness. Not. Yeah, there's another verse. It's like 40 chapters later in the same book. It says he who does more of the dishes and vacuuming shall drive themselves crazy. Yeah, sister soap. Oh, that we have to make opportunity to sit at the feet of Jesus. Jesus. So these opportunities to listen to Jesus were there for Martha. She just didn't take advantage of it. The opportunity to hear God's voice is there. We need to take advantage of it. And so here's a couple quick lessons, right? They welcomed Jesus into their home. We welcome Jesus into our lives. Another lesson that I thought, I'm always reminding my kids, is we got to worry about our own story. Quit worrying about somebody else's story. Worrying about whether they're doing enough for God, they're sitting there listening to God. They might be doing nothing, sister, but they're listening to God, right? The work will get done at, at some point, but Martha made time for Jesus, and so when she made time for Jesus, I can imagine the things she got to hear from him that night. And guess what? They probably stayed up late talking about all those things when Jesus left and doing the dishes, okay. First Samuel 9. You still with me, kids? We're talking about a man named Saul. Kids, say Saul. 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 This is a longer story. Pay attention to this one, okay? All you got to do is remember something from the story, okay? Samuel 1, 1 Samuel 9, sorry, and we're going to read a bunch of verses. I'm going to try to go fast. There was a man of the tribe of Benjamin whose name was Kish, the son of Abel, the son of Zeror, the son of Bechoreth, the son of Aphiah, a Benjaminite a mighty man of influence and wealth. And Kish had a son named Saul, a very choice and handsome man among the sons of Israel. There was not a man more handsome than he, for his shoulders, from his shoulders and up he was a head taller than any of the people. Now the donkeys of Kish, Saul's father, had wandered off and were lost. And Kish said to his son Saul, "'Please take one of the servants with you and arise, go look for the donkeys.'" And as they passed through the hill country of Ephraim in the land of Shalisha, but did not find them, then they passed through the land of Shialim, and they were not there in the land of the Benjaminites, and they still did not find them. Spent a lot of time looking for donkeys. And when they came to the land of Zaph, can't make this up, Zaph. Saul said to his servant who was with him, come, let's go home, otherwise my father will stop worrying about the donkeys and become anxious and worried about us. And the servant said to him, look, here, in this city there's a man of God, and the man is held in high honor. Everything that he says comes true, so let's go there. Maybe he can tell us where to get the donkeys and where we should go. And Saul said to his servant, well said, come, let's go. Verse 14, so they went to the city where the man of God was living. They went up to the city, and as they came into the city, there was Samuel coming out toward them. Wait, 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 we've heard this name before. Samuel, the guy who took a little bit to learn God's voice, right? Now he's a prophet. Now a day before Saul came, the Lord had informed Samuel of this saying. You think Samuel is still chilling in the house of God, listening to God speak? Maybe not the physical temple, but you think he was finding time to hear God's voice? Because now it's just like, yeah, the, the day before Saul came, the Lord informed Samuel of this saying, Hey, about this time tomorrow, I'm going to send you a man from the land of Benjamin, and you will anoint him as leader over my people Israel, and he will save my people from the hand of the Philistines. For I have looked upon the distress of my people, because their cry for help has come to me. When Samuel saw Saul, the Lord said to him, There is the man who I spoke to you. This one will rule over my people as king." This is what Samuel said to Saul. And then in verse 20, he's still talking to Saul. He says, hey, as for your donkeys, which were lost three days ago, don't be concerned about them. They're found. And for whom are all the things that are desirable in Israel? Are they not for you and for your father's household? Saul said, I'm a nobody. I'm just a Benjaminite. I'm skipping through. I'm reading the paraphrase. He's like, I'm a nobody. And he said, Samuel said, yeah, but you're going to be anointed king. We skip to chapter 10. It says, then Samuel took the flask of oil and poured it on Saul's head he kissed him and said, has the Lord not anointed you as ruler over his inheritance, Israel? When you leave me today, you will prophesy. What do you remember from the story? What? Saul became king. See, look at this. It, this is the children. What do you got? What do you remember, little man? What did you say? He was a head taller. See, I love hearing. That's the question I like to ask children. What did you remember from the story? Because they remember things you wouldn't even think of. What do you got? What do you got, little dude? Do you remember anything from the story? Oh, they were looking for donkeys. Yeah, donkeys. What sound does a donkey make?
4: Yeah?
3: Okay, so what else do we remember from the story? A couple of adults. Come on. Adults. People that consider themselves adults. Jordan, why are you like shrinking into the wall like the Homer Simpson meme? Come on, man. Now you're turning red. What's up? We call out to God with our troubles. He hears us. Okay. What else? What do you remember from the story? Brother, brother Jim. Saul was a nobody. Okay, so here's the question. Second question. What was the opportunity? What was the opportunity? Hold on. You've answered too many, man. One more, and I've got I to gotta set you down. So you save that last one, okay? Okay. What was the opportunity in the story? There was an opportunity for Samuel to anoint him king. Yep. What else? What was the opportunity in the story? So, Sophie, they had an opportunity to look for donkeys, right? Sister Millen, the opportunity was for Saul to be called of God. So what was Saul doing when he was called of God? What was Saul doing when he was called to God? Come on, this one's not a hard one. You don't got to make anything up. What do you think? He was what? He was looking for donkeys? Is that what you think he was doing? Are you sure? Is that your final answer? I'm just messing with you, man. That's the right answer. Saul was looking for donkeys. What is, what is, it, what is looking for donkeys? What was he doing in everyday term? He was what? He was doing regular work. I thought this whole, like, become king and become called to God happened, like, in some very fancy thing, right? And so the question we have, hold on, before I ask this question, does anybody have donkeys? Nobody. Okay. So we don't have donkeys. And none of us are probably going to become king someday. And so what does this story mean to us? Evelyn. God can use anybody, yes? What else? What's up? That we, that we love God? What about you, little man, Josh? No? Okay. Sister Kraski? <laughs> okay. So we're not, we don't have donkeys. Oh, you got it, right? We're, we're, we're not going to be president someday. What, what's it for me and you? So we might be for else when God's got oh, man. You might just be working when God calls you. Or maybe I could word it, God calls people that are working. God's looking for people that are willing to serve. And so we're looking for opportunities to be called to God, but nobody wants to volunteer for Sunday school. We're looking for opportunities to be called to God, but nobody wants to pick up the trash. And God's like, I'm just looking for people to look for donkeys. Can you just go look for, I'll call you if you're looking for donkeys, but I'm not calling people that are sitting on their butts. It's when we're working that we find opportunities to serve God. And sometimes, like Brother Joshua said, sometimes you don't realize that what you're doing is about to be an act of service to God. Saul's opportunity was found while he was working. You see this in Gideon. You see it in David. You see it in Nehemiah who was just holding the cup for the king in the corner. And he brought all his people back. You see it in Esther who was just a pretty girl. We talked about that a couple Sundays ago. And so the lesson for us is that if we want to be called of God, if we want to be of service to God, just start working. The kingship comes later. Proverbs says that honor comes after Humility. Go look for some donkeys. Go teach some Sunday school classes. Go help Jerry set up for a men's event one night. Right? Go volunteer to help sweep the parking lot or shovel someday when it's snowing. There's people that need help. Serving isn't always pretty. It isn't always fashionable or glorious. We don't always receive praise and honor. It might just be looking for donkeys. Serving is work, and it's doing what is needed. Greeting people at the door, helping hand out flyers for Bible studies, or handing out things for one of our daughter works who's canvassing a neighborhood, teaching Sunday school. I keep saying that, right? If anybody wants to teach Sunday school, we we need a couple teachers. Okay, just let me know. I'll I'll hook you up. Clean up the trash on the ground. Thank you, Sister Martha, tonight for taking care of that. Walking by, and her and brother, who was it? Who was there? What? Her her and Kendall were like fighting over who's going to pick up the trash. That's awesome. And if I could take a moment here and not offend anybody, I'm not talking about connection groups. Okay? I love connection groups. Shout out to Spencer and the board game group. That's an awesome group. We have a lot of people, have visitors a lot. But I'm talking about serving, getting your hands dirty, looking for donkeys. Go find a ministry placement form or use the app. Ask Pastor Phil. You can sign up and there's opportunities to serve. Because we hear God's voice. We are called when we are working. Okay, last story. You still with me, kids? How many people have ever heard the story of the Good Samaritan? There we go. This one will be fast then. Jesus replied, this is Luke 10.30, a man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho, and he encountered robbers who stripped him of his clothes and belongings. They beat him, and they went on their way unconcerned, leaving him half dead. Now, by coincidence, a priest was walking down that road, and when he saw him, he passed by on the other side. A Levite also came down to the place and saw him and passed by on the other side. But a Samaritan, a foreigner who was traveling, came upon him, and when he saw him, he was deeply moved with compassion for him. A stranger and a foreigner was deeply moved with compassion for somebody he didn't know. And he went to him and bandaged up his wounds, pouring oil and wine on them to soothe and disinfect the injuries, and he put him on his own pack animal and brought him to an inn and took care of him. And the next day he took out two denarii, two days' wages, and gave them to the innkeeper and said, take care of him. Whatever more you spend, I will repay you when I return. Which of these three do you think proved himself a neighbor to the man who encountered the robbers? Jesus asked, the one who showed compassion and mercy to him. Then Jesus said to him, "Go and constantly do the same." What do you remember from the story? But Logan, L.J, what do you remember? I remember one of
4: the stories
3: of... This story. Sorry, the Samaritan, I should have clarified. It's okay. say what you feel. Do you want to think about it it's okay the man that got beat up yes that's a good point I that's in this re, re, uh version what do you thanks for sharing man sometimes opportunities can be messy brother brunker three opportunities to save that man this is your last one man punch that card. What do you got? Oh, there we go. What else do you remember from the story, Thaddeus? He was stripped of his clothes. This was not a pretty sight. What do you got, little man? The Samaritan. Why do you, I mean, like, he didn't even know the dude. Why do you think he cared about him? He saw his hurt, not the fact that he looked different, right? He didn't think he's, I'm a foreigner. He's a foreigner. He didn't focus on the fact that he was a foreigner. He focused on the fact that he was hurt. That's a good point. Okay? Adults, what was the opportunity? What was the opportunity, Brother Rossing? It might cost you something. We're getting ahead. That's the fourth question, but yes. Yes. The opportunity is to show God's love to others. We all say it. We're all, I I, I want opportunities. Show me opportunities, God, to show God's love for others. Well, that opportunity was there three times. We've been the other two. I know we have. What did loving others look like in this story? Brokenness. What did loving others look like in this story? Sister Jeanette, and then we'll go back there. Yeah? That is really good. Taking time that you might not have and it might not be convenient to help somebody. You talked about money. Sister Rivest. Meeting physical needs is a way we're loving others. Sister Kraski. Sacrifice. Sacrifice. The money, the time, the energy. Having to wash your clothes after touching this naked, bloody guy. Right? So we don't walk down a path from Jericho to Jerusalem or Jerusalem to Jericho. Maybe some of us had at one point. You might have sister Jeanette, right? We don't do that every day. And we don't get to see somebody beaten up by robbers laying naked and bloody in the road. And so how does this story apply to us? What do you think? Okay, speak up. What? We can help people that are in need, if we what, care for them and take the time. What else? You punch your card, man. What do you got? When you see something, you can do something, if you're willing to sacrifice. How else does this apply to us? Because we like to read the Bible and see it's just a story about these people walking from Jericho to Jerusalem or vice versa, whatever. What do you got, sister? Titles don't denote character. Oh, that hurts. That's good. If we don't step up, somebody else will do it. What do you got? And sometimes we're the person that walked by. That's really good, Luke. You should speak up for yourself next time and you'll get the credit, not your mom. (laughs) Yes, ma'am. Don't let pride get in the way of helping people. You know what else shouldn't get in the way of helping people? Hurting people. Sister? Opportunity was not. not. See, she's figured it out. I look at this story And it's opportunities to love other people are all around us. Opportunities to love others are not always pretty. They're not always efficient. They're not always cheap. And guess what? They might not love you back. They might not appreciate it. You might not even get noticed or rewarded for it. But that's why we do it unto Jesus. Jesus said, if you do these things to the least of these, you're doing it to me. Sometimes I think that we get caught up in what this person, who they might be or what they might have done. The offenses they cause and we fail to see the hurting person. I love that. That's a great line, man. That's why I love having Bible studies with kids because they always bring something out. Opportunities can be available, but if we aren't looking, if we don't create margins in our lives, if we don't have room for the things of God in our lives, we're not going to notice them. We're going to be too busy to take advantage of them. We, will look, we all look around sometimes when Pastor Roy's preaching about opportunities. I don't have no opportunities. But what you're really saying is, I don't have space and time or energy to notice them or take advantage of them because they're there. Opportunities to hear from God are found when we have removed distractions, are still and listening and reading his word. Opportunities to be called or serve are found when we are working for God, when we are doing something in his kingdom. And opportunities to love others are noticed when we start looking at people as God's children, not competitors for a goal, not people trying to hurt youth, though they may be, but they are God's children who he loves, children who are hurting, children who need love regardless of what they look like and what they've done. And so we have to start asking ourselves some tough questions. The musicians, you can come up. Families, individuals, what can you do with the variables you have in your life right now? Oh, but this and this and this. No, no, I know. Giving that. It's like playing cards. How many people play cards? See how generic I was? I didn't say what kind, so you can raise your hand and not feel like you're going to hell. Right? Skull kings, right? There we go. Here we go. Raise your hand. Skull kings. a great card game. Right? Given the good or bad hand that you have... What can you do with it? What can you do with the variables you have in your life right now? And I would ask the second question, where can you make margin in your life? My wife and I have been talking about this a lot. This is not something we've all mastered here. something we're all working towards. We're growing in God. When we arrive, it'll be in heaven. Right? And so it's like, where is opportunities To kind of push some things aside. Could you put the title screen back up, Sister Lindsay? To push some things aside. To not make it so cramped that the opportunities aren't there. Sorry that we don't notice the opportunities, but we push some things aside and say, you know what? My life's not so busy that I have time to stop and help this person that's hurting. That I can listen to this person at work. That this person that needs prayer, I can take three minutes and pray for them because my life isn't so busy that I can help somebody. You know what? I'm going to wake up a little bit earlier or I'm going to go to bed a little bit earlier so I can wake up a little bit earlier and I'm going to find some time in my day to sit and be with God. We have to create these margins because it's in creating the margins that we notice and can act on the opportunities. Bishop used to always say, we have to put ourselves in a position to be blessed. He would always say, open up your hand and give. So now your hand is open and God can bless it. Do that with your time, do that with your money, do it with your energy. I'm gonna, I'm gonna start moving some things aside so there's a little space. We could go a whole other thing on the oikos here, Jerry, but it's the same idea. We need to create margin in our lives, time and thought process to hear from God, to serve God, and to love others. Margin for being still and hearing from God. Margin to serve God and get involved, be helpful in His kingdom. Margin to love others. You could all stand tonight. I know we went a couple minutes long. But you can't blame that one on me because you all help preach. If you're a family, I want you to come down. If you're by yourself, come down. We're gonna open this area. If you don't feel pressure. If you don't want to come down, you can sit at your chair. But I want to encourage you to, to get together as a family unit if you can. Maybe you're grown and your family's not or and your family's that's fine, then pray by yourself. Find a family your family unit and get together. Whatever that looks like. You can come down to the front area. There's lots of room. Otherwise you're all leaning over pews and reading people's phones and all that. And so tonight as you come and pray as a family, men, wives, moms, dads, lead your family in prayer and ask God to show you where you can create margin. Quit whining to God about there not being opportunities and let's start asking God to notice the opportunities in our life. Ask God to show us the areas we got to push some things aside and make margin. 1 Timothy 4, verses 1 through 5 It says, I charge you in the presence of God and his Christ Jesus, who is to judge the living and the dead and by his appearing in his kingdom, preach the word as an official messenger. Be ready when the time is right and even when it is not. Keep your sense of urgency whether the opportunity seems favorable or when the opportunity is not favorable. Be ready. Be ready. Create some margins. Let's pray together as a family. Let's let's work together and pray that God could show us these opportunities that we can create some margins.
2: Is my surrender, and I will make room for you to do whatever you want to, to do whatever you want to, and I will. of all my tradition, break down the walls of all my religion. Your way is better, your way is better, so I will make room for you to do whatever.
3: God. As we close down, I want all the kids to come to the front. I gotta explain something to you. All the kids, if you're under twelve years old, come up here. No, Lola, no, no, right here, right here. Come here. Come on down. Come on down. Take a step back so you can see me, not my feet. Honestly, you gotta be honest here, right? Can you all be honest? Good. That was honest, okay? Honestly, who knows what margin is? Well, I explained it to you. Okay. Not a lot of us. That's okay. Remember? Even Eli took a little bit to figure it out. So, let me give you an example. How many people have a room they sleep in? How many people sleep in a tent next to the Ark of the Covenant? No, you don't. Put your hand down. So, if your mom and dad said you or your mom or your dad said you could play your favorite toy in your room, but you got to your room and there was toys all over the floor. It's not going to be fun, is it? So if you cleaned your room or moved some toys out of the way and created a space where you could play your toy, that would be more fun, right? That's what margin is. It's creating space to do something that matters. Does that make sense? Is that a better way to word it? You know why I had to explain that? Because the first thing I did when I got over there is my kids all looked at me and said, Dad, what's margin? So... That's what we're doing. That's what we're talking about. Making room to hear from God, to serve God, and to love God. Praise God. You could be dismissed tonight. Thank you for being here. Pastor Roy is on his vacation, but he greets you as well. God bless.